Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Back to your Friday Buckeye Talk. Doug Lamar, East Nathan Barrett, and the new Big Ten schedule. Oh, schedules are fun. Actually, they're super important, and we really need to talk about them. Nathan Baird, this was announced on Thursday afternoon. We didn't pod last night because I had tickets to the Guardians game, and I took my younger daughter, and it was her first Guardians game, and Jose Ramirez hit three home runs, and it was very exciting. So I was like, look, that's their best player. And he literally just had the best game he's ever had. He had never hit three home runs before, and he made a ridiculous defensive play. And she was like, I want popcorn. It's like, dude, this is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? I have been to one game there when it was still Jacobs Field, and the Cardinals were playing the, the then Indians. This would have been in like maybe the early 2000s, like maybe summer of 2000, 2000, 2001. And Jim Tomey hit three home runs. Oh, nice. Oh, that's the best player. Look what he just did. So we didn't record this on Thursday afternoon. We're recording it Friday morning. And I think like uh, the Big Ten gave away Ohio State's juicy spots. I, I like uh, everything I thought was going to happen. It's like, oh, here comes USC and UCLA. How do you do this? And then Big Ten was like, yeah, no, we're going to do that. It's just we're not going to do it with Ohio State. We're going to give it to Michigan. We're going to give it to Penn State. I think you guys listening have a little bit of a handle on this now. What they announced is the 24 and 25 Big Ten opponents for everybody. It is a nine-game conference schedule. There are no divisions. There are 11 protected rivalries, and it varies by team. Ohio State-Michigan is protected. That's the only one protected for Ohio State. Michigan-Michigan State is also protected. So Michigan has two protected rivalries, and a protected rivalry means you play that team every year. Penn State has none. Iowa has three. So one of the big things, Nathan, is that Ohio State-Penn State will not be played every year. I went through, this is what I wanted to do. We had had, we had previous a previous version, like two years ago, before USC and UCLA were added to the Big Ten, we knew they were coming in 24, they put out a schedule. Mm-hmm. So I looked at what the old Ohio State 24-25 schedule was and what the new opponents are to get a cumulative effect of here's the changes. It's not just moving stuff around. Maybe there's an, an away home flip. It's actual new opponents. What does this new Big Ten mean for Ohio State. And that's what I want to talk about sort of holistically. Is it better? Or is it, what's the word? Not better. Because there are there are some moving parts here. But I do think it's worth starting, is it not, with the fact that Ohio State-Penn State is not a protected rivalry. This is something that you had reported was on Gene Smith's radar. We had had a lot of discussions around this, trying to predict this. I think we did it like a prediction pod on this. I think we kind of had arrived at a point where we maybe expect, and it makes sense to not have everybody have the same number of rivalries, that everyone has one, everyone has two. But within that, 
did we not think that Ohio State, Penn State probably would be played every year? And it's not. What do you think? I was still until yesterday operating under that uh, assumption. And the explanation that Gene Smith eventually gave, I think, makes sense when you when you extrapolate it out through the conference. So I had this conversation last fall with Gene Smith, like in the hallway outside of the, the team room before interviews on a regular Tuesday or whatever that was. And in retrospect, it gave a lot of insight into it was a snapshot of what they were thinking at that time and a lot of things that came to fruition. So they were pretty sure no divisions. He at the time was pretty sure no divisions. There are no divisions. He was pretty sure at the time there would be like this this idea of the flex, what they're now calling the flex protect plus model. That was one of the things he mentioned that he didn't know how many he thought Ohio State might have some definitely would have one with Michigan, maybe two. Some teams could have three. Some teams could have one, maybe zero. Like there, So there was a lot of options. And uh, the idea of bringing more of a round robin into this, you can't do a true round robin with a 16-team conference, but something more round robin-ish and getting so you didn't have like six, seven years between teams playing at certain stadiums. All those things were things we talked about that day, and a lot of those things came to fruition. The one thing, though – all of those priorities at some point were maybe going to clash. And the thing about Penn State, he went on the Big Ten Network and, and explained this, that Michigan's a historic rivalry. Illinois and Purdue is a historic rivalry. Um, any is number it, of those. Though? Is it? Is it? Yeah, it I is? would say so. Certainly in a way that, because Penn State's only been in the conference since 1993, and Illinois and Purdue have been in the same conference since 1893 or whatever. It's a different situation. It just is. Like, they're right down the road from each other, not that far. It's it's different. And I, I, I think – that, That's the Beanfield rivalry. Is that correct? Is that what they call that? You get a bean? I think it's, the, the winner it's gets a beef bean. house rivalry for people who okay. – people. There's some people who are going to know what I mean when I say you that. You just started – it's like the Baird rivalry. It's like – a young man from a beanfield kind of grows up bear driver, and actually. goes to cover Purdue. And of all the ones, they have protected 11. And of all the ones that they protected, I was like, Illinois, Purdue, really? Like, well, God, how could we not play Illinois, Purdue every year? What would we do? It's like, I don't know. Everybody would go on with their lives and nobody would care. But that that matters. Now I'm fired up. Now you've you've hit on my beanfield nerve right off the bat. It's like, well, of course, Illinois, Purdue. For real? They don't, what's the trophy? Is there a trophy? What is it? I should I'm know that. I don't actually Illinois know that off the top of my head. Let me look um, up. Bean. I'm Googling Beanfield Trophy. Bean. Go ahead. <laughs> my point being, as Gene Smith explained, and I'm sure that he was pushing back to this, uh, to maybe it, to some extent, or somebody was in, in those rooms, in those conversations they were having, that there's a difference between a historic rivalry and a competitive rivalry. The day that we talked outside the Woody, that was how he had posited it, that it was some, you could have both historic rivals and competitive rivals. I think, though, you can understand why this effort to have everybody play each other every two years would start to break down if you start to give everybody a competitive rival. So I think you do have to draw the line somewhere. And um, this is, I think, a sacrifice that Ohio State made. Uh, maybe they could have thrown their weight around more, put their foot down, whatever. Uh, so instead of playing Penn State every year, they'll play twice every four years. It's called the do your best rivalry, Illinois-Purdue. Sometimes they just show up and hug each other and say we did our best and call it a tie. <laughs> so I would say this to Gene in the hallway, and he would maybe get mad at me. I think this happens sometimes. It's not a criticism. It's not. But I, th it's my opinion of what I believe to be true. Buckeye talk. I think there are things that come up and Gene has an idea of what he wants and he expresses that, which is great. And this is one of those things. Gene is very, for a big time athletic director, Gene is more open with the media than a lot of people, which means he's more open with the fans, which is fantastic, which is what you deserve. You deserve communication from the person in charge of the athletic department. I think Gene has strong ideas about what he thinks is best for Ohio State. And then I guess, think he gets in the room and he compromises. And I don't think anything about what Gene Smith thought changed other than somebody maybe didn't want Ohio State, Penn State, and he compromised. Now, that might be wrong because maybe they didn't want rivalries with two great programs. And Michigan and Penn State are. They're not as good as Ohio State, but they're two great programs. So maybe I'm wrong and maybe Ohio State pulled out of this. Penn State doesn't have a rival. If Penn State's going to have a rival, it's Ohio State. 
My guess, Nathan, would be Penn State wanted an Ohio State rivalry. That would be my guess. So then if that doesn't, and then, and they don't have one. So they didn't get one. And my guess also, I'm just guessing. My guess is Penn State says, hey, it's like, hey, everybody, who do you want your rival to be? And Penn State raises its hands and says, we want Ohio State. And if the Big Ten says no, and the Big Ten says, how about Rutgers? Penn State says, if you're not giving us Ohio State, we are not playing Rutgers every year. And we are not playing Maryland every year. So if you want to give us two, give us Ohio State and one of them, and that's okay. But if we're not going to get Ohio State, we're not taking anybody because there's nobody else. And like, don't bother with Michigan State. There's no point. That's a fake trophy. We're not going to do that. So then if Penn State wanted it, which would be my guess, why didn't it happen? And it's either because Ohio State said, man, that's too every year. Those two for real. It's too much, except Gene along the way had expressed interest in that, right? That was like the number two rivalry for Ohio State, and then it didn't happen. So I think it must be the Big Ten, and I think maybe the Big Ten's like, man, we'd rather sprinkle you guys around because we could play Penn State, Ohio State every year, or if we don't play you every year, that opens up a Penn State game for somebody else. Hey, it's cool to play Penn State, and opens up an Ohio State game for somebody else. Hey, it's cool to play Ohio State. And that would be my guess with that with what happened. I didn't know if people might be mad about this, so I don't want to be mad on behalf of a fan base that isn't mad. Text or survey, Penn State and Ohio State will not be yearly rivals. What do you think of that? Do you hate not playing Penn State every year? Do you love not playing Penn State every year? Because, man, it would be two great rivals then. Or do you not care? It's basically even. 39% Nathan say they hate that Ohio State and Penn State won't play every year. 35% say they love that they won't play every year, and 25% don't care. So a little more than a third of the fan base is fired up about it. I guess I'm not going to go crazy, but I do feel like sometimes Ohio State has a plan of what it wants and then like sacrifices it for the good of the league. And my guess is that's what this is. And so I don't know. Magnanimous, congratulations, Ohio State, on like, spreading the wealth or could, should they could they have put their foot down here because i get it there was also a thing i think that gene said like what if everybody has one traditional one competitive this is your traditional rival or this is your competitive rival or maybe you just all have two that that i don't know it feels like it got given away kind of easily nathan in the end compared to what we thought the conversation was yeah i don't know it's i guess i mean do you leave any room for this idea that there were could be logistical problems with it and and it, or is that just something that they're saying after the fact to save face um for for not creating a bigger so fight I'll, I'll, inter- I'll interrupt i'll interrupt but why does iowa get through like god forbid we can't we have to have a world where iowa plays minnesota nebraska and wisconsin every year or the earth will split in half so they get three but we don't get ohio state penn state like okay there's logistical problems but you but there are some like there are some that have two and there's a second component of this that i want to talk about but I, but, but but like, think about this. Go ahead. But but who are Iowa's three rivals? It's three teams that were going to be in the West anyway. And again, like there are a lot of things that these every school is trying. Wait, but what to do you do. mean by that? What do you mean by we're going to be in the West anyway? That if there were still divisions, they were going to play those teams annually anyway. So what I'm saying right, is just like, like Ohio State, Penn State. Right. But what I'm saying is, in order to maybe get full support for going away from divisions, but Iowa can cram it. Like full support from who? From the like the meaningless teams that nobody cares about? Like the idea of, well, we better give Iowa what they want or what? But Ohio State and Penn State will sacrifice a series that they want to play every year? Like if that's the thinking, everybody can cram it. What what does that even mean? You're trying to please Iowa? Who's trying to please Iowa? Nobody cares. So like what? So is it that you're trying to spread the wealth or that you just don't want to knock heads against each other every single year? I guess those are the only two answers. Like, like, and logistically to spread everybody around. So now, because the way they're doing it, they're gonna, everyone's going to play everybody every two years. So it's a two-year round robin, mm-hmm. right? So that you're playing eight. There's 15 non-conference opponents. There's 18 non-conference games. So everybody's every. You won't go more than two years without playing somebody. So they, they're dedicated to that, which I don't want to dive into yet because I want to dive into that later. But go ahead. But so okay, I don't know. I don't like the the idea of Iowa gets three, Ohio State, Penn State doesn't happen. 
truly the only difference is, well, one of them was happening in 1936 and one wasn't. And that like that wins out, which is at some point it's like, okay, I don't, I don't know. So I, go ahead. Go ahead. I would, I would argue pretty strongly, I think that, and, and I, you know, if you're, if you're picking winners and losers in this whole process, Iowa would definitely be one of the winners. Like to get all three of those rivals is definitely a big thing for them. But I think, again, I think that is probably better for the Big Ten as a whole that they get to play those teams. But I, I'm not saying – then I think then the, the thing that would follow naturally is then why don't Ohio State and Penn State keep playing? So I, I guess I agree with you there, that if, if you're going to follow with one, then, then why doesn't the other one follow? I think, I think you could have made actually a stronger historical argument for Ohio State-Penn State because – Illinois and, and Purdue have played since 1890, I think, or, or whatever. I, I think that does qualify under the like long historical context. But it's not Purdue and Ohio, or it's not Ohio State and Penn State's fault that they haven't played annually since 1890 because Penn State wasn't in the league yet. But ever since they have been in the league, it's been one of the best rivalries in the league, and certainly within the last decade, it's been a rivalry that's sort of helped define the league and 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 crystallized who the best team in the league is in any given year. So I think you could have made a stronger push that Penn State should really be classified as a historical rival too. I mean, it's only 30 years, but it's the entirety of the 30 years where it could have been possible. So that's maybe where I think you, you could have made a stronger argument. But again, I don't know if I don't know what sort of horse trading was going on that they that not agreeing to let this slide um, allowed Ohio State to get something else that it feels more strongly about. Okay, so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more in a second. Generally more off the top of what these first two seasons are going to be for Ohio State. It's not as juicy and spectacular as I thought it would be because Ohio State is not playing USC in year one. They're playing USC in year two. So the big new thing for Ohio State, and we thought that it's like, what is it? They cancel the, the Washington series. They cancel the Washington series. And we're going to talk about, in the end, what was swapped for what. So I am thinking of, in this new world, Ohio State cancels a non-conference Washington series in 24 and 25, and that trade is for USC and UCLA. Even though one's a non-conference and one's now a conference, that I think is the right way to think of that because that's how I think they thought of it. So instead of playing at Washington in – no – Yes. No. Yes. Instead of playing at Washington in 2024, yep. they're going to play at UCLA. And instead of getting Washington at home in 2025, they're going to get USC at home in 2025. I thought when you think, okay, here are two new teams being added to the Big Ten. In my head, it's like, what's the best game that can be made with the new additions? To me, it's Ohio State USC. So why wouldn't you make the best game the first year? Michigan's going to play USC the first year and Penn State's going to play USC both years. So I do feel like the marquee spots in the introduction of USC went to Michigan and Penn State, not to Ohio State. And I don't know if that's a reflection of, I don't know, we gave, like, uh, we're going to have a marquee game for USC. Why don't we give them the team that won the last two Big Ten championships? What are we talking about here? Did Michigan take. Ohio State's spot against USC in 2024. Because I, in my head, it's like, okay, 2024, what are they going to do? I was imagining this doubleheader where it's Ohio State, USC, and it's Michigan, UCLA. And it's flipped. Maybe it'll be a doubleheader, maybe it won't. But it's flipped. And then Penn State gets them both. Because when Nebraska came in, they matched up Nebraska and Ohio State to get to maximize that. Hey, Nebraska's new. What do we want to do? Play them against Ohio State as much as we can. And that is not... What is happening with USC? So what do we make of that? Logistics, hey, what are you going to do? Coin flip, whatever, no big deal. Everyone's going to play everybody, chill out. Ohio State will go to USC in, in 2026 or 2027, and Ohio State is going to LA to play UCLA in 2024. What's your deal? Let's not pretend UCLA is USC. Why would we pretend that? They're so excited about, we got to get the New Hampshire matchup. Come on, Chip versus Ryan. What are we doing? That's the priority. Who cares about Ryan Day versus Lincoln Riley? Ryan Day versus Chip Kelly. That's what we want. What did you make of that? Were you surprised that Definitely. we're not? And here's the other thing. Here's the one other thing. Here's the one other thing that I thought was slightly strange. 
Michigan has a series with Texas scheduled, non-conference. Ohio State has a series with Texas scheduled, non-conference. Michigan is playing Texas in 2024 and 2027. Ohio State is playing Texas in 2025 and 2026. So to me, that makes sense of, well, neither of those teams, Ohio State and Michigan, would want to play USC and Texas in the same year. So let's reverse those matchups. Instead, Michigan is playing both Texas and USC in 2024, and Ohio State is playing both Texas and USC in 2025. So that was part of the thinking too. And they were just like, no. So what do we think? Why isn't Ohio State USC happening the first year? Yeah, no, I was definitely surprised. I mean, we had speculated and I think it was um, informed speculation that it would make sense. And, and we even thought that that was the motivation behind the the cancellation of the Washington series, um, not just the travel, but maybe also the significance of the opponent. And um, the conspiracy theorist part of my brain <laughs> keeps coming back to another thing that we've talked about on this podcast, uh, which is just the mass exodus of NFL talent that this program is going to have after this year and whether Ohio State found ways to push to not have USC and especially a road game at USC in 2024. I'm 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 going to have to float that out there I think because you look at what this team could have coming back and this team's not going to crater by any means but just look at the massive amount of talent that could be leaving after this year and then now add into it like what if your quarterback really works out this year and he leaves after this year like there's it could be a, it could be a, a somewhat transitional year for a national power as much as you're allowed to have one and I think there's a major difference between playing at USC or playing at UCLA. So if you're going to play at Penn State next year and you already always have Michigan on the schedule and, you know, you can add a couple other little things like that. Um, and then I suppose it's not as if there are no Ohio State UCLA storylines, um, you know, having Ohio State go play in the Rose Bowl, having the Chip Kelly Ryan Day thing like there are some storylines there. but uh, the cachet is not nearly what it is if you're playing USC. So this is one of those other things where I wonder if, as I said before, there's horse trading that goes on in all of these scenarios. And I wonder if this was part of the horse trading. Could this even be the fact that they're not playing USC? Could it even explain why they're not playing Penn State every year for the next however long? Um, is that part one of the concessions that was made? I don't know. That's just the things that are sort of spinning in your head, but it's plausible because we know how this has played out in other conferences where you kind of give and take and, and, and make trades and make concessions, but you're ultimately sometimes, uh, giving up something you either want or say that you want in order to get something else that you want. But I think there were people, my, 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 my understanding from conversations I had yesterday, um, in passing was that I, I was not the only, we were not the only ones surprised that Ohio State did not get matched up with USC, that there were people at Ohio State that thought that that was what was going to happen to in 2024. So, well, then that makes me think, and it's like, here's the thing, because like you can spin this, is Ohio State getting exactly what it wants with all of this? We'd want to play USC in 24. We don't want to play Penn State every year. We are using our power to get what we want, or... Are they not getting what they want? And they were like, well, we did kind of want to play Penn State every year. We did want to play well, USC in 24. And then it's not happening. And then whenever it's like, oh, well, we protected Iowa, Minnesota. We don't want Kirk and PJ to get mad at us. And Ohio State doesn't get what it wants. Then I think, what are we doing? They are 35% of the value of the entire. Like this is what are we doing? So if it's what Ohio State wants, then I would probably say, well, that's not what I think they should have wanted. If it's not what Ohio State wants, then I would say, well, then why didn't they get what they want? Because they're Ohio State. So that's that's where I am on this because it's two things, at least, that to me don't look like what Ohio State would want and don't look like what would be really best for the, at least for the TV side of it. TV wants as many Ohio State, Penn State games as possible. I think TV wants Ohio State USC as much as possible mm -hmm. and as soon as possible. And so that it's not happening, it's like, well, then who's holding it back? And if it's trying to make sure that all the ADs at Minnesota and Purdue and Indiana and Rutgers and Maryland and Northwestern don't get mad, then I say cram it. 
So, but you so, so Ohio State maybe did think they were getting the Trojans in twenty four. Uh, that that was my uh, just a, a impression I got from someone I talked to over there was um, they they kind of floated that out there at least that at one point into the process that's where they thought it was it was heading and then and then something changed um, and again I'm obviously I'm only speculating as far as like whether there was whether Ohio State had wanted to maybe try to get away from USC but I think it's interesting the way you're coming at this because we've talked before many times about Ohio State's sort of. <sighs> Benevolent dictatorship is is pushing it a little too far because they they don't try to be dictators, um, but they they don't throw their weight around always. Um, they 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 don't try to the way that we've seen Texas or people in other programs where maybe there's or conferences where there's a where there's a power and financial imbalance. I don't think Ohio State does that. I don't think there's evidence that Ohio State does that. But we've always kind of said it as like. The reason you don't do that on a week-to-week or year-to-year basis is because there might be a day where you do need to do that, and you need to stand up and and get your way. And are you saying that you think this was that window? This is when you should have put your foot down if you're Ohio State and said, like, listen, it's great that we got this big media rights package. We are X percent of that, like demonstrably. We can show you the figures. So because of that, we get – we start with what we want, and then we filter on from there. So I guess it's not that big of a deal. They're, they weren't going to get USC twice in the first two years, I didn't think. I mean, Penn State is, and it's like, well, what's cooler, to have USC in your place or to go AC, to go to USC? I don't know. So it's just they're going to play USC in 25 instead of 24. The Penn State thing, did it not sound like Gene on the Big Ten broadcast made it sound like it was a sacrifice? Yes. That you, sometimes you don't get everything you want. So, yes. So then he's saying publicly Ohio State, sacrificed by giving up the Penn State rivalry. So is that true? And then what do you get out of the sacrifice or what does the league get out of your sacrifice? Or is it just cover that you're saying like, well, it's a sacrifice that we demanded. <laughs> the well, sacrifice that we said we don't want to play them every year. I don't know. Like I said, it's 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 a chess game. Like are you sometimes you're you're sacrificing you're you're putting something out there to be sacrificed. Sometimes. Again, we're just speculating. We 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 don't have the the insight of this to, to its core yet. But I'm just saying in general, sometimes you put things out there to be sacrificed because there's an ultimate goal that it's going to get you to. And I just I think Which, I, what, I believe that from the, you mean the playoff, the playoff like that, that's like that. They want a better schedule to make sure they that's what you're saying. Like that for could Ohio be state. Their sacrifice. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. It could be that it could be. And we don't know for sure. Like at what point during this process was there still a big contention of this conference that wanted to keep the divisions because let's make no mistake about it. Like there are teams that are better off in a big 10 with no divisions and teams that are better off in a big 10 with it. I'm just saying it's, it, 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 we like to come in and say that it's easy to dictate terms. We want to say we can just divisions. We're never going to say. Everybody is dumping divisions. I don't think, I think divisions were dispensed in five seconds. Hey guys, what's going on? Here's some Danish divisions are dead. And Kurt Ferentz said, are we sure divisions are dead? Well, that's what would have happened under, that's what would have happened under certain kinds of leadership. That's not always what has happened under big 10 leadership in the last three years. Could there be three divisions in the big 10 and we rotate? There's three divisions. And two of the three division winners get to go to the Big Ten Championship game a year. There's the East, there's the West, and there's the Iowa versus Rutgers division. Could we do that? Could there be just the, you know, we, we can call it Listen. Uh, the, the new, the new, the, 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 the new Hawk, like New York Hawkeye trophy game. We're creating a new trophy game. It's what the people want. So. Uh, Listen, guys, uh, about- uh, Brian, Brian would like it if we could play uh, Purdue every year. We think that we could score 18 points a game against Iowa. Uh, is that okay with you? Kirk, come on. Add, add two more teams and go to three six-team divisions and do relegation. Yeah. We could really get just the Iowa offense. Oh, <laughs> this is going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'll be mad about more stuff. All right, so I want to get into, not quite yet, the actual, here's what Ohio State lost, here's what Ohio State gained in the totality of 24 and 25 games. 
We thought they were going to play these teams. They're now going to play these teams. And in the end, there is a change. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight games changed over the course of 24 regular season games in two years. Eight of them are different. And some of them, there's actually a couple more that are different because someone is an away game that used to be a home game, that kind of thing. But the opponents, eight of them are different. And so what do we think of that swap? Part of this, and then I saw a quote from Carrie Hoyt from the Big Ten, from Ohio State. Or was she from the Big Ten? I don't know. Right? No, Where's Carrie Hoyt from? Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio State. Because so many Ohio State people go to the Big Ten eventually anyways. Like, they take over. So here's the thing. And I asked the texters this. In a 16-team league, the idea that the, the, the Big Ten is, is saying, at least in this cycle, everyone's going to play everybody. And that their goal as they've stated it, is that in a four-year career, you will have played in every other stadium. So you're going to play. Every two years, you'll play every team. Every four years, you'll have a home and away at each place. As opposed to a world where we have protected rivalries, we're going to mix it up. Everybody's going to play. But honestly, if we get a little more Ohio State-USC and a little less Ohio State-Indiana, maybe everybody will just live with that. If we get a little more Ohio State-Wisconsin and a little less Ohio State-Maryland, maybe everybody will just live with that because in a cycle, we will lean a little bit into not quite the best teams play the best teams and the worst teams play the worst teams. And by the way, if the worst teams play each other more, then they get more wins and more of them get bowl qualified. That's not what happened in this first cycle. So in this first cycle... There are three, everybody has three teams that they'll play twice and they play everybody else once. It could be that that's your rival and that's why you're playing them twice, Ohio State, Michigan. The other two teams that Ohio State is playing twice are Illinois and Northwestern, which is just random. It's nothing. They're both West teams. They're not that good. There's no reason for it. It just is. And even if Penn State's not a protected rival, it coincidentally could have been a two play for Ohio State in the first two, ga- two mm-hmm. years and it's not. So these two teams that they are playing, there's no reason for it. It is just random. And so if those two plays over the course just randomly cycle through, whatever, okay. But the goal, what they seem to have done here in these first two years, Nathan, is make sure everybody plays each other at least once and protect the rivalries and then everything else doesn't matter. As opposed to some kind of nod toward, well, let's have the best teams play each other a little more often. The idea that if you're going to be a 16-team conference, you better play everybody frequently or what's the point? That that is a sacred cow in this discussion. And it seems like, Gene, when you're talking about logistics, that's what you're sacrificing Ohio State, Penn State to make it a little easier for everybody to play everybody because that's a priority. Every two years, you're going to play everybody. I asked that question. In the 16-team Big Ten, Ohio State will play every team in the league at least every other year. How important is that for the conference to stay connected and have everyone play everyone? Yes, playing every team at least every other year is a must, 75%. No, the goal should be to create the best, most interesting games. So, for instance, if Ohio State plays USC, Penn State, and Wisconsin more often than Rutgers, Northwestern, and Purdue, so be it, 17%. Don't really care, 8%. So 75 to 17 is overwhelming, Nathan. I would have voted in the 17 that, yes, I get it. You're going to play everybody. You're not going to go 10 years without playing somebody. But that to me would not be an end-all, be-all priority. Oh, my gosh, how could we go two years without Ohio State playing Minnesota? What would we do? But that's not where the Big Ten is, at least for now. But I thought I read Kerry Hoyt quotes that were like, well, we maybe will take, you know, program strength into consideration at some point. It just doesn't seem like they did it yet. What do we think of make sure you play everybody? That that was Kerry Hoyt from Ohio State, not Kerry Kenny from the Big Ten. See, this is why I'm confused. This is why I'm confused. <laughs> That's my fault. People are allowed to have the same or similar first names. Might have been Big Ten. They I can double check that. Not spelled the same, nor are those people the same uh, gender, uh, I believe. Uh, <laughs> um, listen, huge I, whiff. That's a huge <laughs> whiff by me. Tremendous <laughs> whiff by me. Um, uh, Kerry Hoyt has been involved in scheduling with Ohio State, uh, so I, I understand where the where the uh, and Kerry Kenny was just promoted to COO of the Big Ten. A lot again, a lot of people with the same names. Um, I remember when we talked about this on the pod and we threw out 
we talked about the, the the possible options here. You could have like pods. You could have this flex idea. You could have the more locked in number of opponents. And I I, I was trying to find our pod. I couldn't find it. I found the one from the 2018 Big Ten Media Days where you guys were talking about uh, Urban Meyer talking about Zach Smith. And that was like a very adorable thing to go back and listen to the other day for a few minutes just because it was like a little time capsule. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I'm pretty – I believe that I said that day that I thought the flex model was the best one because of the options that it gave you. And then there wasn't a reason to lock in Ohio State even if you were giving them both Michigan and Penn State, do they need to be locked in long-term to random third team? Indiana, Rutgers, whoever, Northwestern. Like, that didn't necessarily make sense to me. So I I still think that they picked the right model. But it, it, did, it is weird to me that then you just give yourself these accidental two plays rather than maybe manipulate it a little bit more and get yourself a more favorable two play. But we're only looking at that from the Ohio state lens. And uh, I, I don't know that if you then try to take that through the whole rest of the league, is that where it breaks down? Where like every team now says like, well, we don't want to double play this team. We want to play this team. And at some point you have to cut it and, and, and work from what you have. Uh, but I always thought when I said that that day, I was kind of operating from the assumption that Ohio state would have both Michigan and Penn state um, looking at it. And now I, I still think it's probably the best option. I just I, I I'm I'm curious to find out someday what the the horse trading was that prevented that from happening because uh, there's not really an argument that Ohio State Northwestern where the Wildcats are right now as a program is like very good for anybody and I know that they've had this like propensity to sort of pop up and surprise and and be relevant but that's only been in the Big Ten West structure and now that there is no Big Ten West structure they are going to be much 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 less relevant. They are not going to be. They are one of the teams that has most been propped up by the um, by the divisional format, and now that that's gone by the wayside, so will they. So they could manipulating the two plays is a, is a good way to to nod toward competitiveness, and like within that, we're just going to try to match teams up, just like when they do like the ACC Big Ten Challenge of Basketball stuff. You try to match up teams that you think are about about at the same level. This is the quote from Kerry Kenny. Of the Big Ten, as you pointed out. I don't know who people are. To Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com. It's done, the schedule, in two-year increments. So that allows you to be a little bit more responsive to competitive trends, responsive to changes in the postseason model. Look, we don't know how the playoff committee is going to evaluate teams in this expanded playoff, but we're pretty darn sure that this model that we're putting forward and the depth of the games and the quality of the games, that's going to send a pretty strong and significant message. That's not entirely true. If you had had Ohio State-Penn State as a two-play instead of Ohio State-Illinois, if you had Ohio State-Wisconsin as a two-play instead of Ohio State-Northwestern, that's more true. It's just not entirely true. It's not. It's They did not completely maximize but, what they could have done. And, and so, like, it's not – like, Ohio State's two-play are not competitive. It's random. I, I, I so agree like, with that. I, I disagree with that quote. Like, and again – Here's the thing. It's Buckeye talk. So to say, well, it is for, I don't care about the rest. We're talking about Ohio state and Ohio state's the most important team in the conference. And yes. everybody knows that. So that that's you not what could have done. On. This. He's no, not but, on Buckeye like, talk and he's not commenting just he, from the Ohio listen, state perspective. But listen, he's talking about playoff stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, we don't know how the playoff committee, who are you talking about? We don't know how the playoff, who are you talking about? Are you talking about Illinois? Are you talking about Maryland? There's three or four teams you could be talking about. So Penn State has a two-play with USC. Okay, Penn State-USC, we did a two-play. Ooh, that buffs it up. Penn State has a two-play with Michigan State. I don't know. It's Michigan State. And Penn State has a two-play with Rutgers. Okay, so I I don't know. Like, So Penn State-USC fits that model? Okay, Michigan has a two-play. They have the Michigan State and Ohio State rivalries protected, and then Michigan plays Maryland. All right, so that doesn't apply there. Like, I don't, like, Wisconsin has a two, was, USC, here's the thing, maybe they just gave it to somebody else. USC has a protected rivalry with USC, and then the, their two plays in the in the first window are Penn State and Wisconsin. So is that, hey, we gave USC, Penn State, and Wisconsin, but you didn't give them Ohio State, I don't know. Like, I understand, but, but also let's not pretend that Ohio State's at the front of every discussion about this kind of thing in the Big Ten. So you could say, 
Well, we did it, just not with the team at the top. But otherwise, we did it. Hey, look, we did it, Michigan, Maryland. I don't know. I just don't think they maximized it for Ohio State. It's they didn't. That their two plays that their two plays are that random. They're both west, and they're both fine. I think is odd. And so, then you give me a playoff quote. You give me a playoff quote. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I, I do get it because here, look at it through the the perspective of the full Big Ten. You've given the, the Ohio State perspective. I understand that, and I agree that if you give Ohio State a a tougher okay, opponent, no. it raises their raises their strength of schedule and makes their end result look better. But we also don't think Ohio State necessarily needs that sort of help to get into a twelve team playoff, basically ever. Now look at it from the perspective of every other team in the Big Ten. So like, take Wisconsin's twenty twenty four. 25 schedule actually they play Ohio State in 25 so take the 2024 schedule what game do you take off of that and put Ohio State on it and make it more likely that Wisconsin makes a playoff do that with Penn State do that with any other team that could be on the fringe of the playoff I think I understand what Kerry Kenny is saying here which is that any schedule you give Ohio State within reason is gonna they're always they're just they wake up every morning they, they they're born in playoff contention but these other teams you can't overload these other schedules and still expect to get that number of teams into the playoff. I think what he's arguing is that this setup, while it maybe doesn't maximize the number of marquee matchups for Ohio State, potentially is the could be the deciding factor between whether the Big Ten gets three or four teams into a playoff in any given year. So now get that. So if you go too far with this, you reach a world where it's like, Ohio State, thank you for existing. Thank you for not going independent. Thank you for being the driving force in the TV negotiations. By the way, we're just going to throw your schedule in the in the ocean and let the waves pull it in and see what happens because we got to make sure we get USC, Wisconsin, in case we can get four teams in. There's a point, like, is this good? Illinois, Northwestern as the two plays for Ohio State in a world where Michigan's protected. Fine or a little weird? In the first two-year cycle. Fine or a little weird? A little weird. I think the Northwestern part is weirder. I think Illinois is kind of fun. You got Brett Bielema. You've got an Illibuck trophy there. If that had been, if they had said everybody gets, if they had said everybody gets three protected rivals and Ohio State's are going to be Michigan, Penn State, and Illinois, that's kind of actually what I had sort of floated out there. I thought that that would have been a good three-team matchup for them. And, And Illinois is not what Illinois was three or four years ago. Illinois has has risen to a different level of relevance now. Um, it's not at Penn State's level, but that's not it, it. The Northwestern one is the one that doesn't fit. But I think you also can't give Ohio State and lock them into three marquee games every year, plus the times that they get the random crossovers with the other good teams in the conference, plus the commitment that they've made to playing a really good Power Five team on their schedule annually in the perpetuity. Like at some point. I don't think Ohio State wants that, right? No, we talked about that. Illinois Illinois, and North, Northwestern together. And by the way, like you're all in on Illinois, Northwestern. Illinois hasn't won a Big Ten anything in like 70 years. Northwestern at least made two of the last six Big Ten championship games. Like, hey, Illinois might be interesting. They were eight and five and five and seven the first two years under Brett Bielema. So like, and I'm all five for Five and Brett seven, Bielema. then eight and five. That's an important distinction. Why don't you go work for the Big Ten, Nathan Baird? (laughs) Oh, I've got to give Wisconsin-USC a nice game. It's good for Wisconsin. Luke's happy. I wasn't wasn't arguing what you were saying about Ohio State. I'm just trying to give the Big Ten's perspective here, but I don't disagree with it. I think that you're trying to find something that works for the Big Ten as a whole because Ohio State doesn't need that help. It doesn't need protection, and I don't think it needs a boost that way um, as far as the schedule is. it, It does part of the heavy lifting on its own by scheduling Texas and Alabama and Georgia and Washington and Oregon and whoever else they're playing in these future years. No, I know. I just want to, I want fans to have good games to watch. And I just don't know if they're as excited about Illinois Northwestern as they would have been about Wisconsin or Penn state or USC a second time. So let's get into that. Let's get into what Ohio state had and what it's going to have in the new world. Next on Buckeye talk. All right, Nathan. So I went through this. Eight games are different over the course of the two seasons. In the end, this is really the discussion, as it turns out, because Michigan's staying, and you're leaving a world where you were in the East. And so what you're saying is we're losing Penn State, Michigan State. We're losing playing them every year. 
Because I think you would say that was good. More Penn State than Michigan State, but Michigan State's had some good games with Ohio State. It's a nice program. It's an easy drive. I think playing Michigan State, for, I don't know that Ohio State fans are like, uh, Michigan State every year. It's like, oh, no, Michigan State. So you're losing Michigan State and Penn State every year, which is probably bad. And you're losing playing Maryland, Rutgers, and Indiana every year, which is good because you're sick of it. And there's yeah. nothing, there's no connection to Rutgers or Maryland, but you got to play them every year. Now you got to go to D.C. You got to go to New York. I get it. But that's probably a plus. Like, uh, we, we don't, we don't want to play them every year. We'll see them enough. I'll get to the Washington Monument once every five years. I'll go see a Broadway play once every five years, but we don't need to play them every year, right? Would you like, generally speaking, Penn State, not every year, you miss that. Michigan State, you miss it a little. But Indiana, Rutgers, and Maryland, you're good. You're glad to be done with them if you're an Ohio State fan. Generally, you agree with that idea? I think you're, 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 you're disappointed to lose the win. <laughs> for for a lesser no, for a lesser true. win. No, no, no. I, I disagree with that. I, but th- those games suck. They do suck. Play yeah, you're from, a, suck from an enjoyment eggs. standpoint. From an enjoyment standpoint, which is right. what we're talking about, right? So, because you're going to play teams, you're going to beat anyway. You lose two, you like. You lose three, you hate. So, in the end, this is what got swapped. I think you, for now, for these first two years, you think of you lose the two Washington games and you gain a UCLA and a USC game. So that's that swap. This is just random, just the way it worked. They were going to play Wisconsin both in 24 and 25 in the old schedule, and now they're not. So you're losing a Wisconsin game, and I said you're gaining a Minnesota game there. So that's like a Wisconsin for Minnesota swap, but that's just more sort of randomness that it's not like, uh, whatever, with Wisconsin. Yeah, they had the Big Ten. People remember when Ohio State was locked in with Nebraska for six years. The Big Ten realized later that that was a massive mistake to lock people in that long with those crossovers. Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin was going to be the next shorter term crossover. Competitive so you lose crossover. That. Yeah. So, so what you've lost in this two-year cycle is instead of playing Penn State, Michigan State, Maryland, Rutgers, and Indiana twice, you're now only playing them once. Okay. So that means you're losing one game with those five teams. This is really what it's about. So here are the five games you're now getting. Instead of playing those five teams a second time, you're going to play Illinois, Purdue, Northwestern, Marshall as a non-conference game, and another non-conference game. And that's because I counted the conference UCLA-USC games as a swap for the non-conference Washington games. So to me, to think of losing Rutgers and Indiana and getting Marshall and another crappy non-conference game for 25 they haven't announced yet, that's kind of an equal swap. Indiana and Rutgers games stink. The Marshall and other non-conference game will stink. So it's just going to stink in a different way. Buckeye talk. I mean, it's so like, hey, oh, thank God we're done with Rutgers. It's like, oh, cool. Enjoy Middle Tennessee State the Rutgers of the lower Tennessee Valley, whoever it's going to be. So then in the end, if you wipe out Rutgers and Indiana, you lose Penn State, Michigan State, Maryland, you get Illinois, Purdue, Northwestern. So that's the world. That's the swap, right? We're trying to like, what's it really get down to brass tacks? Is that better? Oh, because you're still, you know, you're losing the second game of Penn State, Michigan State, Maryland to get, extra Illinois, Purdue, Northwestern. So you're getting more old West and you're giving up old East. Is that better? Like are Ohio state fans excited about that? Cause it's different. You know, there's nobody that matches the Penn state thing, but it's just mostly different. What's the difference between playing Michigan state and Maryland and playing Purdue and Illinois? I don't know. Nothing except that they're different. So that's yeah, the new world. That's what you're, that's the new world for the Big Ten. You're not going to have these teams that are as familiar, but you'll get a little more of everybody else. So this overall swap, eight games are different. Is it better for Ohio State fans in this two-year cycle, Nathan, from an enjoyment, excitement, we're going to the game. Yes, you're worried about if Ohio State's going to lose and have it affect their playoff positioning and stuff. But for the most part, we're talking about, I like watching football. I like watching my team play. Is your enjoyment level going to be higher or lower? Well, if you pair those teams off, and it's not completely fair because we're just deciding which ones we want to pair off, but you're right. Like Maryland, um, Purdue is kind of a swap, more or less, like relatively similar programs, maybe a little bit. I would actually say Purdue, that's a positive. Maryland, there's no attachment. 
even though they've done some things, but there's more of a little history, even nah, in recent with you're Ohio disqualified. State I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying you're recused. You cannot comment on this. We, we're having a hearing about what Ohio State fans feel about Purdue and Judge Nathan Baird, former Purdue beat writer, is recused. I'm okay. sorry. Well, but <laughs> but at least there's at least there's some history there, recent history. Then I think Illinois and Michigan State is kind of a wash. I think re- recency bias would, because they've been in the East with Michigan State, would tell you that that's been a better rivalry. But historically, I, I don't know. I think that's sort of a wash And and when they're not linked in the East anymore. So really, now you're talking about just the Northwestern Penn State swap, and that's definitely worse for Ohio State fans. It would be better for Ohio State fans if they were playing Penn State twice instead of Northwestern ever. So the thing is, this is kind of a, a mini little cycle here. What happens in 24, they're not going to have a cool non-conference game in 24. Just like in 19, they didn't have a cool non-conference game. So the non-conference games are going to be Western Michigan, Western Idaho, and Western Alaska, I think, are the three non-conference games in 2024. Is that right? I don't have it in front of me. Sorry. It's not Western See, Alaska. I, I, it's not Western Alaska. It's Marshall, Western Michigan, and Southern Miss are the three non-conference games. In 2024. Yeah. (laughs) So, because it's one of those things. So it's, yeah. Let me ask you this. So Mm -hmm. we knew that Ohio State was canceling that Washington series because it was going to have to make a West Coast trip. We thought it was USC, but it turned out to be UCLA. Do you think, in retrospect, now seeing this schedule, was that the right call? Or should they have just kept the Washington series? I think it just was weird that, that it happened to be that their non-conference game as they were adding two West Coast teams was a West Coast series. Mm. So I think that idea of of we just don't want to make it, – it basically would have been West Coast trips in back-to-back years because they wouldn't have had it be – they would have done it and arranged it so they wouldn't be playing at USCLA and at Washington the same season. But I just think it's that. I do think in the end the fact that you're losing Washington and you're losing a Penn State game in a two-year cycle – and you're only adding one USC game, I think it's a downgrade. It's more of a downgrade in funness than I think it should be. So that full combination, you cancel the non-conference series. But here, so it's going to be a one-off in 24 because in 25, they do have Texas. Once upon a time, they had Texas and Washington as non-conference games in 25. And all along the way, we were like, they're never going to do that. They're never going to play Washington and Texas in the same non-conference year. It just does not make sense. That's too much. And they wound up ca- canceling Washington. So in 25, they get back to having a cool non-conference matchup. So they're only missing the cool non-conference matchup one year in 24. So we do, and I think when you do this, when you don't have Penn State every year, when you are not leaning too hard into the USC thing, I think that does mean Ohio State won't be scared of playing the cool non-conference game, which I do think is very important. And which once upon a time I was starting to get worried about. So I think like that's a win because there's no reason and they're not going to, but there's no reason to cancel Texas in 25 and 26, Bama in 27 and 28, Georgia in 20, uh, 30 and 31 when you live in this world, right? It's just because this world is not as difficult as it could have been. So I think that's good. But in general, I think. The 24 and 25 schedules in combination for Ohio State fans compared to what they were to what they are now going to be is about a 30% downgrade in fun. And I'm not entirely sure why. So that's why I'm a little peeved overall. And in the 12-team playoff, they're going to get in whether they're 12-0, and 11-1, 10-2, and 9-3. and So I get it. So let's play some fun games. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I think I ultimately think that this was – not a bad situation. I know that it's it's a it is less for Ohio State. I think it's better for the league. I think it was a good solution for the league. And it's the better and the also the good part about this is unlike some of the previous scheduling models that they've gone to that have locked teams in for again like six years at a time to a certain format. They do this for two years and you regroup. You see what maybe worked for teams and didn't in two years and see if there's a better approach to go after that. Maybe there's a way after these two years that Ohio State can then add Penn state as a protected rival. Well, you know, this can be, this is pliable. It can be changed over time. And I do think a world where you just said, Ohio state's going to play Michigan, obviously. 
And then in a two-year cycle, one of their two plays is always going to be Penn State, USC, or maybe Wisconsin, right? That that's like that. That's just enough of a fix to me. And I get it. Not not that their two plays are USC and Penn State. I just can't believe it's Illinois Northwestern. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And I can't believe here's the other part of this. They're not leaning in. They're just bad at PR. They're not leaning into this. The launch of the new Big Ten in 2024, like it's just not going to be that cool. Ohio State's going to play its first Big Ten game that year in week three because the way the Ohio State schedule sets up in 2024, it's Southern Miss week one, Western Michigan week two, Marshall week four. So that week three is when they're going to do it. And like I think it like it better be UCLA. It better be the early season UCLA trip. And that's where the Washington game would have been. So maybe that's what it will be. But it's like 2024, the birth of a 12-team playoff. USC and UCLA have joined the Big Ten. And we are here for a new era of Ohio State football against the Southern Miss Fighting Ducks. What I like that's for real? And next week, tune in again for more Ohio State football fun as they host. Western Michigan. Come on. But meanwhile, they're going to go play at Minnesota in CJ Stroud's first game because the Big Ten Network needs a Thursday night game to launch their season then. Then you're going to open with the Big Ten game. Oh, that's the kind of thing. Like the totality of it. I could list 10 things that was like, what was that for Ohio State? How did that benefit Ohio State, which is the driving force in the conference? That really didn't. Okay. How did that? I could get to 10. And then I would say, and the result is, what? Like, they're fine. It's not hurting Ohio State. But I do think it's jacking the fans around sometimes. For what? Let's also remember, though, as I said before, horse trading, whatnot, Ohio State has always had its tolerances as it comes to scheduling. We've talked about that before. Thursday games can only be on the Labor Day opening weekend. Friday games can only be on fall break. Only a certain number of night games. Uh, Gene Smith did... uh, the 11 Warriors podcast earlier this week and said, uh, was talking about the, the Michigan State game that they're playing at home at night this coming season. He said, ain't doing more of that in the future. And then beyond that, I thought what was really interesting was he said that those night games have to be mutually agreed to by the athletic director and that um, he basically alluded to not wanting to be getting home at like 3 or 4 a.m. Um, at that time of the year which to me was a kind of putting up, putting a, a barrier up as to when they would be willing to play a real night game at UCLA or USC in relation to the game, in relation to Michigan, um, which I think makes a lot of sense. But that's just one of those other things that if you're putting your foot down on something, at some point your other foot has to come up off of the other thing that you were putting your foot down on or some some bad analogy. Like there's there, there might have just been – there might have been enough other things that Ohio State was – saying were kind of critical elements for it that it had it did have to let something go and maybe Penn State was that thing. Uh but it's not like it's not like other teams are playing a gazillion night games in November. Like I guess like Michigan State, Penn State's gonna play this night game on Black Friday in Ford Field, which actually seems kind of cool to me. I don't know. So I don't know like I don't know what are the you talk about horse trading all the time. I feel like Ohio State winds up sometimes trading thoroughbreds for those little ponies <laughs> that you pet. Uh, my daughter at college during like finals Sebastian. week, they bring it. They bring in little ponies to pet. It's like, oh, are you stressed out? You can pet a pony. So maybe would you want? Would you rather have a thoroughbred or a little pony? Maybe I'm thinking about this wrong. Maybe Gene Smith just has four little ponies in his office, and it's like, oh, 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 oh look at this, Michigan State at night. Free pony. Okay. No Penn State rivalry. Free pony. USC, not in 2024. Free pony. Gene Smith, all washing ponies. But like what? So you'd like who? What did Iowa horse trade? What did Iowa sacrifice? I don't know. That's again, that's what I was saying before. Like Like how? Who else is sacrificing? We always talk about horse trading. Well, Ohio State might have to give something up. What are other people giving up? What do I, it's for real. What else is anybody in the Big Ten being like short of perfect? Hey, how's your 2024, 25 schedules? Your opponents, your home away, your night, your networks. 
Boom. Nailed it. Perfect. Is anybody else short of perfect? Who didn't get everything they want? You know, other I, than Penn State not getting Ohio State. I saw one graphic that had um, UCLA is playing like six road games with a total of 26,000 miles in 2024. But that's their own doing. They chose to join a conference that was all Midwest and East Coast teams. But again, is that part of the concession that they're like, well, hold on a second. You're going to give us all these road games. We want the Ohio State home game. I don't know. Again, maybe horse trading is not the right word. It's just moving chips around the board to try to get a balance. It's moving the it's moving things around to try to get the balance so this this all sets correctly. Yes, Kirk. Um, could we play Purdue four times in a year? Kirk, come on. No more than twice. <laughs> uh, the protected rivalries are Iowa-Purdue, Iowa-Purdue again, and then Iowa versus uh, the Ferentz cousins in the backyard. Gotta make Joseph- sure I was happy or what? Or what? Or or what? So the last question Gene was asked on the BTN thing yesterday was about Michigan and the chances of a rematch in the Big Ten Championship game. And he made some joke about, oh, yeah, we've been talking about that since Leaders and Legends. And he said something like, well, I talked, you know, we talked about that. And I talked to Ward, Ward Manuel, the Michigan AD about it. And, like, we decided that um, for the good of the league, that we would go for. And I, I thought that was an interesting answer. I don't know if he was being facetious. Like we're not going to play the Ohio state Michigan game anywhere else, but the last game of the season, like that's not moving. So what, and you're, you're definitely going to have one versus two. That's a whole reason to go without divisions. So what, what was maybe even being insinuated there? Or do you think he was just kind of being facetious that, um, no, I, I, I do think that's a division discussion because you can't move it. Nobody would move it other than Dave Brandon. It's like, Welcome to Domino's. I would have moved this week. We get three toppings, and we're moving Ohio State, Michigan to mid-September. Uh, so I think that is a division discussion. I think the only thing that can be is a division discussion where we're not yet, rather than being in the same division, and you're still going to have or some kind of pod thing or whatever. Yeah, but but as you said, that sacrifice, which could create just something that will feel weird at the beginning. I, I don't even think that's horse trading because like it's. There's no, there's nothing you can do. You're not moving it, and we're not having divisions because nobody has divisions. So, like, I don't know what to tell you, other other than like for Ohio State and Michigan to say like we'll give up our Big Ten title game spot if it's against the other guy. So, yeah, what do they really, what do they really get? I, I, I don't know. It's fine. On behalf of fans, I don't want to be more aggravated than fans are. Enjoy your schedule. It should be good. Survey question, divisions are gone in the Big Ten starting in 2024. Is that good or bad? 89% good, 11% bad. I thought Ohio State-USC would be an early season highlight of the 2024 schedule. Instead, it's Ohio State-UCLA in 24, USC in 25. What are your thoughts? Ohio State and USC should have played in 2024. Let's kick this thing off big, 57%. I'm glad Ohio State's not playing USC right away, 24%. Don't care, 19%. Overall, how did the Big Ten do with this new 16-team conference and the schedule? Scale of 1 to 10, Nathan, what do you think our Buckeye Talk survey folks said? 10 is they did a great job, nailed it. 1 is this is terrible. What do you think the rating was? Oh, um, I think people are sore about not playing Penn State. Um, So maybe like 6.7. Yeah, 7.03. So it's fine. It could have been better. It's fine. Okay, here's what I do think. There are things that are not worth getting fired up about. These are the, there's only 12 a year. There's only 12 a year and only seven, maybe eight are going to be at home. By the way, they did wind up picking up a home game here because they canceled the Washington series and they had two lousy non-conference games. And then the swap, you know, within the big 10, one's one's road, one's away. So they, they wind up not, coincidentally, adding an extra home game. So in 24, they're going to play eight home games. You only get, they're so valuable. You just want to have, and just, I am just, in the end, especially in a 12-team world, once upon a time, it was all about schedule manipulation and how do you get, how do you have a schedule that lets you be undefeated or how do you have a schedule that lets you be the most attractive one-loss team in a BCS world? It's in a 12-team world, which is where this applies, I just think that's out the window for Ohio State. As you pointed out, it's not out the window for Wisconsin and Penn State and teams like that who are maybe trying to be the second or third or fourth Big Ten team in. 
But for Ohio State, that doesn't matter. So that all I want to do is maximize the 12 games for the enjoyment of Ohio State fans who are ponying up a bunch of dough, who are planning their falls around this. And Penn State was a game that you got jacked up for. And Rutgers was a game that you're like, so less Rutgers good, less Penn State not so good. And if it's not matched up with some cool USC stuff, I wonder about it. It's fine. We'll see how it goes. I do think, would you say, final word on this, 24 and 25 are set. Would you guess that by 26 and 27, there's either schedule manipulation to play better teams against each other on purpose in the two plays or just a, a nod of like, we got to give Ohio State some better two plays. Would you guess the 26 and 27 two plays for Ohio State that are now Illinois and Northwestern will be better? I think they would almost, well, I guess I didn't say that because you could do worse. You could do worse than Illinois Northwestern. It could have been be Indiana and Rutgers. Rutgers and Minnesota. It could have been yeah, Rutgers no, and Northwestern, no. yeah. But, yes, I think there probably will be some wrinkle. The other thing to remember is it's this is only a two-year window because we don't know if this is only a 16-league, 16 16-team 16 league three years from now. I'll be curious. I don't – I'll be curious to see what the SEC thing winds up looking like long-term. I don't know if the SEC is going to be as dedicated to, like, you got to play everybody every other year. I, I, I don't know if that will happen. They might be more dedicated to, like, football, 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 football. So, okay, I'm going to calm down. Thanks to you guys for making Buckeye Talk part of your week. we got some good stuff planned in the coming weeks. Make sure you're reading us at cleveland.com slash OSU. Steven is not on this pod because he's – in the throes of being out at uh, recruiting camps. He was out at one Thursday. There's coverage about those at cleveland.com slash OSU. And we will get to some recruiting camp wrap-ups, what happened, who was there, how did it matter, who got offers. You will hear that on Buckeye Talk sprinkled in over the next couple of weeks. We're just we're not going to come back after every day of camp and be like, what happened? But we will tell you the most important things as part of the pod process. For now, for Nathan Baird, for all those free ponies, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>